So we are uh, continuing our series on uh, the priority of church and the life of a Christian. Um, There it is. Uh, Today we are focusing on the priority of Sunday worship and what are we doing here when we gather together. And honestly, man, I was just so encouraged by this morning. I feel like my job is done. I mean, that was just so encouraging. The communion, the worship, the communion, the prayer, the announcement. I mean, just so encouraging to be together. And, and, and if you don't take anything else away, I hope one of the things you take away is it's not just about the preaching. It's not just about whoever's standing up here in the pulpit. This is a whole service that is meant to bring glory to God. And so, um, so as we focus, I do want to um, take some time. Oh, there's Rich Kids. Let's see if I can get this working. There we go. Okay, sorry. So uh, as we look at the priority of Sunday worship in church, I want to highlight the artwork here. This is from one of our very own, Abby McKenzie. She's a freshman in high school, and she drew this, uh, I think it was this past summer as we were going through Romans, and we were focusing on the passage about how we are of one accord to glorify God. And doesn't this just really capture, I feel like this captures what we're talking about. It's not just that we worship, it's also we are worshipers. It's part of who we are. It's like you see the little stick figures are the people and are the chords. Um, So that's what we're going to encourage. And and one of my goals or my goal here is that we will be encouraged in really what we're doing, um, that this is an awesome thing and that we continue to prioritize it. So our anchor text uh, for this morning is going to be Hebrews 10, 23 through 24. And um, I spent a good amount of time in Hebrews just kind of looking at this whole book is incredible. Um, and so it says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as the day, as, the, as we see, you see the day drawing near. And so, um, so we're gonna come back to that passage, uh, but here's kind of our flight path. If I can, you know, be Jack for a second, the... the I was not a pilot, unlike Jack, but our flight path for today's message is we're going to look at who it is we worship, because we got to know the who, right? We we don't just worship for worship's sakes. We want to know what are we doing when we're, what is worship? Uh, It's, it can be kind of a vague thing, but I want to, I want to tackle that as a lifestyle, but also on Sunday morning. And then finally, I want to look at what does it look like to prioritize it? Uh, prioritize it in our uh, weeks. So first, who is it that we worship? Um, God doesn't just say, I'm awesome and amazing and worship me, and then just leave it at that. No, God reveals to us his character 
over time, over scripture, he reveals to us who he is. It's not just him saying, worship me because I'm amazing. God is a good God who actually shows us his character. If you've been reading through the two-year plan, you're in Exodus. And so let's just take a minute to reflect on, reflect on God's character that we see in the book of Exodus. We see him deliver an enslaved people from the most powerful empire in the world. A people who had nothing. They were the slaves of the most powerful empire in the world. And God brought them out. He brought Egypt to its knees. He literally then made a way through the chaos waters where there was no way. God made a way. He doesn't just say, worship me. He reveals his power. He shows us who he is. He makes a way through the water for this people. And then as their enemies were chasing them, he closes the water in on them and destroys their enemies. An enslaved people by God's power are delivered and then they don't defeat the army. God crushes their enemies. This is the who. We got to remember the who it is that we're worshiping. He then provides for them as you continue reading. Just in, This is just one book. As you continue to read, he provides for them in a desert land, thousands and thousands of people in a desert, no water, no food. I mean, the logistical problems of this is insane. And yet God miraculously provides for them every single day for 40 years, 40 years. He provides food where there was no food. He provides water where there's no water. Periodically, you know, he makes the water come out of the rocks. It's a, this is who we worship. This is our God. And then he provides. So then you come to Mount Sinai and he shows up in the, on the mountain and it's the thunder and, and lightning and, and then the voice speaks the commandments and you get this sense of his awe and his power and his holiness and that, that we are not holy in it. And how can we approach this holy God and send Moses up for us? We can't, we can't approach him. And then as you continue to read, God it provides a means by which the Israel people can approach and come before him and worship, to come before him and have a relationship, come before him and respond to who he is and his goodness for them. And we, as you look at the book of Hebrews, all of Hebrews is about the supremacy of Christ, that he is above all, that he is truly worthy to be worshiped. And it's not just because, it's because of what he has done. This holy God that was unapproachable at the mountain, now through Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice and the purification of his blood, we just meditated on that in communion, we can now enter in to his presence. This God who they were terrified to go before in the cloud, now we can enter into his presence a better way through Christ. That is through Jesus. This is the who we worship. 
and all these things. Y'all, we remind each other this every week in the lyrics of the songs we sing. I'm just, these are lyrics that are right in the songs. So my question is, do you believe this? Do you believe this? If you do, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond? So to lighten this up a little bit, thinking about Valentine's Day was last week. Um, We give gifts to people we care about, not because, hopefully not because we're obligated to or feel stuck, it's because we value that person. We, we care about, we wanna show them, we wanna attribute value. And so we wanna give them a gift. And it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day, you know, you could take any holiday or, or any day that, that we, wanna, we wanna show this, this one is valuable. And it's the same thing with worship and God. The who, recognizing who, should fuel the genuine response. And the response is, should be, Worship, because he is, as we sang over and over again, he is worthy. So that's the who, which is, I, I, had to, I had to do that because we can't just talk about worship without talking about the who. So now what, what are we doing? We kind of touched on this um, a little bit, but in a nutshell, it is the response. We're attributing value, all glory and honor to God, right? It's our hearts are engaged in that. And so um, I think there is, as we, as we looked at kind of as a church, uh, we looked at our renew emphasis and, and wanting to make sure we're really being obedient and walking in obedience with God. Worship came up as such an important point, such an important emphasis that we as a church want to be about. And one of the things we emphasize that is, is that it's not just what we do here. We want our lives to be characterized in worship. Everything we do is meant to be a response in attributing him glory. So, um, and Paul's idea of worship is in line with this. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 on the heels of the eating and drinking debate, he says, whatever you do, eat, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Like everything can come in line with, meant with I, wanna, I wanna serve God, I wanna give glory to God and what, anything that I'm doing. Romans 12.1 says, present your bodies as living sacrifices. You're laying yourself down because he is worthy of all of who you are. All of our time, all of our gifts, all of our energy, when we start to understand the who, it starts to make more and more sense the what does worship look like. It is, it should be everything. Um, Mark 14, I think I have this. Mark 14, um, three through four says, uh, is, is about the woman who again, in worship, she gave this costly gift. It says why he was, Jesus uh, was in Bethany at the home of Simon the leper. He was reclining at the table and a woman came with an alabaster vial 
a very expensive perfume of pure nard. She broke the vial and poured the perfume over his head. But there were some indignant remarking to one another, why is this perfume being wasted? And so worship should be costly because again, he is worthy. Worship should be costly. So how is worship costly to you? How does your life reveal the costliness of our response, of worship? So I'm gonna keep going. I'm not gonna answer that one for you. Um, Worship, so that's, kind of the worship is kind of everything. As we understand more of the who, we can understand, we can respond in, in all the facets of our life, in our, in our jobs, at home. Everything should be unto God. And it sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes it really can be hard. And I'm not just talking about singing. So, but what are we doing on Sunday morning then? If worship is everything, what's the point of like the Sunday morning gathering? Um, Well, I think the assembly is meant to be a culmination of what we're doing throughout the week, that we are sent as founds of blessing, worshiping God, but then we're meant to gather and we're meant to be in union as culmination of what should be happening throughout the week as we are physically together, breathing in the same air, literally in one accord, singing, listening, taking communion, baptism. These are the things that we're meant to be encouraged in. And this gets back to our anchor text. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, that's the who, that's the who we're worshiping. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. That's the worship, but we're not meant to do it alone. Consider how we're to stir one another toward love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as the day as you see the day drawing near. So together, we are united as we hold fast to the who. As we recognize we will be tempted to waver, but we know and hold to the promise because who is faithful? He is faithful. Timothy, 1 Timothy 3.15 says, the church is the pillar and the support of truth. The truth again, is this confession of who. That's why the truth is so important. Because if we get off course with what is true and who God truly is, then we start worshiping not God. And if we're not worshiping God, what are we doing? God is the only one worthy of worship. That's why we have to hold fast to the confession of the truth. Otherwise, we're, it's not good. I mean, yeah, enough said. 
So what does this look like on Sunday morning though? as we gather together. Well, there's not a prescription for this. And if you go to churches overseas and different parts of the world, um, you'll see a lot of variations in this. Uh, When I was in Ghana, uh, it was a whole different Sunday morning worship experience. And it was amazing. It was a lot of energy, a lot of joy. Not that there's not energy or joy here, but it was, it was next level. And the worship, you know, we culminate in worship in these kind of bridges and like the songs that are, there is just like drums, constant energy, rhythm, and it culminates in dancing. Like that's how like the pinnacle comes together, not in like, oh, this great bridge that was inspiring, those are good, that's how we do it here. But in Ghana, it was like, okay, okay, people start circling and now people are going into the middle and they're doing this, this dancing thing. And it was just amazing. And my point is there's not necessarily a prescription or yeah, of Jesus, God doesn't say, this is how I want you to worship me. I think, I think it's kind of beautiful that all these different cultures, all these different churches, come and and express worship in all these different ways. It's amazing, but but we gotta hold fast to the confession of truth. That's what we're coming to encourage one another in. And so as Blue Ridge Bible Church, um, I sat down with Tom at the beginning of this past week um, and I was just so encouraged just what he shared, the intentionality of the songs that we choose, of the way we structure the service. And so I wanna walk you through just our liturgy real quick, um, and then we're gonna get to why should we prioritize it. Um, Yeah. So we break it down into kind of three, Sunday morning, if you come to church, any given Sunday at Blue Ridge Bible Church, you'll kind of see this flow of worship, witness, and word. And we say worship, it's all worship, so it's kind of, that word is just, it's, it's hard. But you know what I mean when I say, um, so the worship is we're unified in song, but also in need, because there are elements of, that we put into worship, like communion, um, like maybe giving could go in there as well. Um, the, but the songs that we sing, all these things are meant and are intentional to help align our emotions, our minds, and our heart with the truth, the confession of our faith. Our emotions, our minds, and our hearts with the truth of who God is and what he has done. And communion is the same. It's this response and this aligning our hearts, like confessing our sins, actively confessing and aligning our hearts with the truth of who he is, what he's done with for us, and that he has united us. And then the witness, that's kind of like, not just the announcements period, but also what's, been, what, what's God done in the church? We heard about Awana and the, the, the drive to raise food. This, this is our witness to the world, but also to one another to build each other up, to encourage each other. But it's also announcements on how you can get involved, how you can be equipped with the things coming up. This is not just, oh, announcements to a club. This is, these are the things. This is body life. This is how we Become aware of how we can get involved and join in. That's the witness. 
And then the word, it's a unified, we're unified in the teaching. And so as a church, we seek to proclaim his word and not just our opinions. We, we want the truth. And so we really hold to expository preaching, which really is a fancy way of saying we look at what the Bible is actually saying, understand what it's actually saying, and then we try to communicate it to the body and, and try to give practical, like this is what living these principles out might look like in your life as we go out and worship him as we leave here. Because we believe that God's word is infinitely more powerful than any like TED talk, inspirational speaker person. God's word is more powerful. And then finally we have our benediction, the scent. And we started doing that actually somewhat recently. This was Jack's this is how Jack was considering how to encourage you and spur you on. And I love it because, again, it, it, it concludes the service, as they say, but we're not dismissed. It's this idea that we remain worshipers, that you are a worshiper as you leave here. It's part of who you are. And we become, as we worship in our workplaces, in our schools, in the different spheres of influence, we become fountains of blessing and salt and light in the world. And then we come back and we gather and we encourage each other again. And we go out and it's this refreshing. We're meant to, we're a church, not just when we're together, but when we're out. But it's good to come together and encourage each other in these things. So, what does it look like to prioritize Sunday? Um, first, I just, you, for those who are here, just be encouraged. This is, um, I'm encouraged that you are here. I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone. I just, I'm excited about who God is and I want you all to be excited and join in and participate in this encouraging of one another. So I'm gonna encourage you to prioritize this because I need you, we need each other. So um, back to the Hebrews text, highlighting the not neglect the assembly. And ne that idea, the neglect kind of connotates to me like you were given something, you're giving something amazing, and you're kind of just like, hmm, eh, I don't really. Yeah, I'm just, I have other things. And it's this, you get the idea of neglect, yeah. But let's not do that. So my two points here is, first, come to church. That's an easy one. Um, but it's really not. <laughs> Sometimes Sunday mornings can be really hard. It is a battleground, I would say. And the enemy knows it. The enemy is going to attack and he's going to try to gain footholds in families and communities and churches by our neglecting this area. It's, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's oftentimes Sunday mornings that the meltdowns and the, the problems and all in the, in the relational like butting heads, these things can happen on Sunday morning. But let's make this a pillar priority, let's not grow weary, and let's, again, there's, there's an element of sacrificing our own comfort. It can be costly. 
all of this because of who God is, not because I want to guilt y'all. I hope that as you think about who God is, it makes it worth the effort, the time. And y'all are here, so good job. Um, but, so I have um, a story for you guys, not, not a long one, hopefully. Uh, but my grandma, uh, who lived with us when I was living at home, um, she lived in an apartment that was kind of attached to our house and she had a miniature poodle. And the miniature poodle's name was Susie and she was pretty cute, um, but also like had a legendary, legendary personality of like sass. Um, and we were strictly told not to feed Susie food under the table, okay? So for two reasons. One, she was on a diet and she could only eat certain foods. And then two, and the more important reason was the more you fed her, the more aggressive she got with asking for more. And so I think, again, this is kind of maybe a, a silly example, but I think it can be the same way when we feed the dog of excuses, that dog can get more aggressive in asking for more excuses and so we are encouraged to neglect a little bit more this, this aggressive growing of the excuse dog. All right, so we're gonna keep going. Uh, so second point is prepare for church. And I'm not saying grab a notebook and pen, although you should do that, but your heart, prepare your mind and relationships. Um, I think it's good to create habits of getting our hearts prepared to confess sin. So like whatever it may be, there may be a trigger as you're getting ready. Maybe it's getting in the car, starting the car, putting it in drive. Like let's start as a church. Can we commit to just build a habit of, hey, let's, let's confess. You know, it was really hard getting out the door and we're all kind of frustrated, but everyone in submission to God, let's humbly just confess to one another and let's, let's ask God that we would be a blessing to him and to others. So I think it'd be good to create those habits, right? To not hold a grudge or carry a grudge into the assembly. And not that God can't forgive you, not that that's a worse sin or whatever, but again, who we worship, it, it's not worth it. It's not worth holding on to those things. Let's let go of them before we get here. And timing doesn't matter. Again, you're not a worse Christian or whatever if you continue to hold, God's forgiveness is right there for you still. But I'm just saying, let's start creating habits of like allowing our hearts to be tuned and humbled before God on our way to church before we get here. Because then we're ready to engage and respond and worship. Because when we do that, it encourages everyone. And then the other thing is, let's sing. I know that's a no-duh thing, but when we're singing, let's sing. Like, let's not who were, if, if you believe, I, I know it, it can be like, I'm not a good singer and, and we have all these excuses, but we're commanded to sing, sing to the Lord, all his people, 
All the nations, sing to the Lord, sing unto the Lord. Over and over again, we're commanded to sing. And so, may not be pretty. You may not think it sounds good, but I think there's a submission thing in that. And I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. Like, but I know it, it sometimes, sometimes I have a hard time. It's like I'm wrestling with stuff. I'm like, do I really believe this? But even if you're not singing, and I hope you do get to the place of submitting and singing, like be, rest, be honest with God. Don't just be numb. Be honest with God about where you are and why it's hard. Start allowing him to work in your heart to respond to him and worship. And he loves you and he is good and he is ready to receive and just, he is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. So let's sing, let's respond to him in worship. Do you believe this stuff? Do you believe who he is? Thank you, amen. So, and I'll say too, for those with hearing impaired who do sign, who may be watching online, I invite you to come and I invite you to sing in a different way. Wouldn't it be awesome to have, and we do, we have two languages, one seen and one heard, happening simultaneously in our service, glorifying and worshiping God. That is awesome. That's a reflection of this coming together in one accord. So those who are here, thank you. And those who are online, we invite you to come. We want to see God's name being lifted high as we also hear it. Amen? Amen. The church says amen. So we're back to our anchor text and I'm wrapping up here. So let us hold fast all these things, and I wanna highlight all the more as the day, as, as you see the day drawing near. As we see, as we know what's coming, that God is going to return and judge, that God is the king, that he is sovereign, that our, we're moving in a direction like Jack has talked about, like we should be eager to do this more, not less. It just emphasizes that let's not neglect it. And so I want to end uh, with our summary. We remember the God who we are worshiping. We remember worship is a lifestyle. And it's, that life is calm. As, uh, Sunday is a culmination of what we should be doing in our lives. But it is important. It is important to come together. We wanna prioritize it. Let's not neglect this because this is how we hold fast. The Christian walk is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And this is how, we can't do it alone. We're meant to come together and encourage one another. And this is one way that we continue to do that. Life group is another way. And a lot of the same things apply to life group as far as the enemy attacking and, and all those things. Um, but I want to end by reading a passage. Um, Hebrews 12, um, 12, 18 through 24. 
the author of Hebrews, kind of the tail end of the book, gives us this picture of worship, the worship that will be happening and is happening when we gather together. It says, for you have not come to a mountain that can, that can be touched and to a blazing fire and to darkness and gloom and whirlwind and to the blast of trumpet and to the sound of words which sound which sound was such that those who heard begged for no further word to be spoken. So he's talking about, he, we're going back to Mount Sinai, right? And God appearing and it's like, whoa. He's saying, we have not come to that mountain. Uh, for they could not bear the command, even if a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so, and so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels and to the general assembly in the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God, the judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkling of blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. 